Hello, this is your daily dose of news from On Manorama. I am your host Vishnu and these are the major news stories of the day. Sri Lanka protesters break into President Gotabaya's house after clashing with police. Highly localized rain event may have caused Amarnath floods, not cloudburst, says IMD. 90-member task force to investigate Shinzo Abe's murder. KICB demands over rupees 500 crore from government to pay August pension. Tomato fever spreads among children in Kerala. Let's get into the details. Thousands of protesters in Sri Lanka's commercial capital Colombo stormed the president's official residence and his secretariat on Saturday amid months of mounting public anger over the country's worst economic crisis in seven decades. Some protesters, holding Sri Lankan flags and helmets, broke into the president's residence, video footage from local TV news News First Channel showed. Thousands also broke open the gates of the Seafront Presidential Secretariat and the Finance Ministry, which has been the site of a sit-in protest for months and entered the premises. Military personnel and police at both locations were unable to hold back the crowd as they chanted slogans asking President Gotabaya Rajapaksa to step down. Two Defence Ministry sources said President Rajapaksa was removed from the official residence on Friday for his safety ahead of the planned rally over the weekend. Prime Minister Ranil Vikramasinghe on Saturday summoned an emergency party leaders meeting to discuss the situation and come to a swift resolution office said in a statement. He has requested the Speaker to summon Parliament, the statement said. Vikramasinghe has also been moved to a secure location, a government source confirmed. A Facebook live stream from inside the President's house showed hundreds of protesters, some draped in flags, packing into rooms and corridors, shouting slogans against Rajapaksa. Video footage of protesters standing and some bathing in the swimming pool inside the president's home was widely circulated on social media websites. Hundreds also milled about on the grounds outside the colonial-era whitewashed building. No security officials were visible. At least 39 people, including two police personnel, were injured and hospitalized in the protests, said hospital sources. The India Meteorological Department has said the deaths and destruction near the Amarnath Cave Shrine in South Kashmir were due to a highly localized rain event and not due to a cloudburst. According to weather scientists, the shrine reported 31 mm of rainfall between 4.30 pm and 6.30 pm on Friday, which is quite low to be categorized as a cloudburst. According to IMD Director General Mrithinjay Mohapatra, the flash floods could have been triggered due to rainfall in the higher reaches of the mountains near the Amarnath Cave Shrine. A rain event is categorized as a cloudburst if a weather station receives 100 mm of rain in one hour. The Med Department has an automatic weather station near the Amarnath Cave Shrine which provides weather forecasts during the pilgrimage. However, the surrounding mountains do not have any weather monitoring stations due to their inaccessibility. At least 16 people were killed and tents and community kitchens near the shrine were swamped with mud and rocks that came hurtling down with a gush of water after a spell of rain on Friday evening. Weather scientists said it was very difficult to predict cloudbursts due to their very small scale in space and time. To monitor or issue nowcast, a dense radar network over the cloudburst-prone areas is required or one needs to have very high-resolution weather forecasting models to resolve the scale of such events. Police in Japan have said that a 90-member task force will be set up to investigate the murder of former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, 
who was shot dead while addressing an election campaign rally in Nara city in western Japan on Friday. Police said they will review the security arrangement that had been in place while Abe was delivering his speech on Friday morning in Nara. Officials also admitted that they had learned about the late leader's visit to Nara only the previous evening. Meanwhile, the 41-year-old suspect Yamagami Tetsuya, who was arrested at the scene, has admitted to shooting Abe and explained that he had a grudge against a certain organization which he believed the former prime minister was involved with. Yamagami told the police that his mother was involved in the organization and had donated a lot of money which caused serious problems for his family. According to the police, the suspect used a handmade gun that measured about 40 centimeters long, reported the state broadcaster NHK. The police also carried a search operation at Yamagami's residence from where they seized several handmade metal and wooden guns which also resembled the one used in the attack. The suspect, who is currently unemployed, had earlier served with the self-defense forces for three years until 2005. Abe was Japan's longest-serving prime minister and his death at the age of 67 has profoundly shocked a country where gun crime is very rare. He suffered two bullet wounds to his neck and damage to his heart during the attack. Before we move on, here's a quick reminder to check out On Manorama's other podcasts, Wacky News and Newsbreak. Wacky News is a collection of the weirdest and strangest news from across the globe and Newsbreak is a clutter-free explainer of the major news story of the week. Both programs are available on all podcast platforms. Now back to Daily News Dose. The pension distribution by the Kerala State Electricity Board Limited would come to a standstill next month if the State Finance Department fails to release funds ahead. The new crisis comes even as the Kerala State Road Transport Corporation has been finding it difficult of late to pay salary and pension on time, inviting even a high court intervention. The new crisis comes even as the Kerala State Road Transport Corporation has been finding it difficult of late to pay salary and pension on time, inviting even a high court intervention. The KICB chairman and managing director has informed the state electricity minister and the finance ministry that the board is in a severe crisis and the distribution of pensions would be affected in August if the finance department fails to pay the board rupees 508.67 crore, including the budget allocation and a share of the power bill areas of Kerala Water Authority. By July end, KICB would only have a reserve of rupees 327.56 crores. It needs rupees 1017.33 crores for its expenditure from August 1st to August 9th. On August 2nd alone, rupees 127 crore is required for pension distribution. Though this has been informed to the finance ministry many times, the department has not sanctioned or paid heed to it, and the pension distribution may come to a standstill, KCB's finance section has reported to the electricity minister. Tomato fever is spreading fast among children in Kerala, forcing authorities to urge caution. The viral disease mostly affects children under the age of 5. Though it's not life-threatening, rare cases experience brain fever. Hence, doctors recommend timely treatment for the illness. Its symptoms include fever, fatigue, joint pain, red-colored blisters and rashes on the palm, foot, behind the knees and sores inside the mouth. Fever could also cause stomachache, nausea, vomiting and diarrhea. Tomato fever is transmitted directly from the infected person to others. The virus can spread to another person through nasal mucus, saliva or fluid from the blisters on the skin. 
the health department suggests preventive measures like washing hands with soap before having food and after going to the toilet and covering one's face while sneezing or coughing. Those who take care of the infected children should also wash their hands with soap before and after touching them. Other people, especially children, should not be allowed to use the infected person's clothes, toys or other articles. That brings us to the end of this episode. Be sure to come back tomorrow. We at On Manorama wish you a happy Eid al-Adha. As always, thanks for listening to Daily News Dose.